from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Very proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, if not a little bit later, as we do like to under-promise and over-deliver and give you some more of that show. we got a lot coming up today. I am more than happy to have this gentleman back on the show. He is no stranger to the broadcast, spends a lot of time with us, and that is Mike Oresco, Commissioner of the American. American Athletic Conference and a commissioner of the Power Six. Mike, how are we doing today? Morning, Dan. Doing well, thank you. Hope you are too. Absolutely. And, and I want to start with with UCF because what I found to be interesting is that Pat Narduzzi, Pittsburgh's playing in Central Florida this week, and Pat Narduzzi, who I've spent a lot of time around, a lot of time speaking with, he had made the statement when they asked him about UCF, he said, well, we're playing a national champion. And there has, you know, obviously the NCAA record books has now regarded UCF as a national champion this past season. Pat Narduzzi, a coach going up against him, says national champion. Other people are saying it. Is it fair to say, is it a fair assessment, and do you feel like there should be no conversation of them not being a national champion? Oh, we support it because the the Kali uh, Matrix, you know, one of the computer polls that is recognized by the NCAA, named them a national champion. Why wouldn't you seize on that and why wouldn't you uh, proclaim that? But, you know, that's that's in the past. We're really focused on this year, Dan, and uh, and having all our teams do well and compete for either a playoff spot or a, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I have no problem with uh, with that, and I'm glad people acknowledge it. I'm glad people refer to it. You know, I said all along that uh, UCF had cemented itself as a national brand, very important in the development of our conference, and this is uh, obviously evidence of it. And when we look at UCF, Mackenzie Milton, I put some polls out there that came back with an astounding yes for Mackenzie as far as Heisman hopeful. You know, you as the commissioner of this conference overseeing all of these 12 football programs, what can you say about Mackenzie Milton? Because I know that you, you know, you watch these games, you travel around and whatnot. He seems like one of those talents that's not just a talent inside of the American, but a talent nationally, especially when you go back and watch the tape. Oh, no question. Uh, But uh, to that, I would say, though, that we've had a lot of players uh, who are, are national, you know, again, nationally recognized talents. And when you look at our NFL draft picks over the past five years, and we've had almost as many, virtually as many as the Big 12 the last two years. You had more than they did two years ago. Uh, we've had great players in this league, and they're in the NFL, and they're playing well. And they can play with anyone. And that's one of the problems, uh, I think, in, in alluding to that, Dan. Dan, uh, And that is uh, this whole G5 business. You know, uh, McKenzie shouldn't be considered with the others because, you know, he plays in our league. That's nonsense. Uh, our league's a really good league, and uh, when you watch uh, Mackenzie Milton play, you realize he's a special talent. He really is. He could play for anyone. He would be an outstanding quarterback for anyone in the country, and believe me, there are plenty of top P5 teams that would love to have him. And, uh, you know, again, uh, 
I, I hope he gets into the Heisman conversation. I think it's more important that his team do well, and, and I think he feels that way. I think he's a team a team player, uh, and uh, you know we'll we'll see where that goes. But he's a he's a remarkable talent. But we've had so many great players. You know, when we did our uh, five year tournament team, Dan, uh, I think Keenan Reynolds ended up being our quarterback. But you know that 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 means that Blake Portals and. Uh, a host of other outstanding quarterbacks, you know, Greg Ward, and just many, many, many quarterbacks didn't necessarily make that and look at how good they were. So, you know, this league's been deep. We have a lot of great players. We have a lot of great players this year. You know, you have Ed Oliver, you have Tony Pollard as a return man. Daryl Henderson might be as good a running back at Memphis as there is in the country. We can play with anyone. Our top players can play with anyone. Our, our teams can play with anyone, you know, uh, and and again, uh, McKenzie, I think, is a reflection of that. Speaking here with Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Mike, like you said, you know your your players can play with anyone inside of the American Athletic Conference. I wanna I wanna go a little bit deeper into that because I know that you have the numbers and and you keep uh, you keep track on all this as you should because the success rate is is really remarkable and, and tremendous for this conference and I know that coaches bring it up on the teleconference from week to week and whatnot. Just what you could say about, you know, the quote unquote power five that's you know, you have teams that are going up against these schools inside the SEC, the Big Twelve, the ACC, the Big Ten and the Pac twelve, and you're getting a lot of victories throughout this. They're happening this season, they're happening every season that the American really has been around. Well, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we're up to 32 now over the past three plus years, you know, three, three or uh, four weeks into this season. Uh, we've won six this year. Uh, we've got a few more that we could potentially pick up. Uh, obviously, there were a few games that we lost to to the Hurricane, but uh, we've we've typically done well against the P6 and we uh, the other P6 as we call it, Dan. But we also play a lot of those games on the road and we play uh, some uh, where we don't get a home return, although fewer and fewer, you know, we're not that kind of conference now and we don't want to play those games. We don't have to, but, um, we, uh, we've done very well against them. We've done well against bowl in, uh, against them in the bowl games. We were three and one this past year. We've won our three big new year's day bowl games against those kinds of teams. Uh, again, we, uh, we can play with anyone, and I think UCF could have played with anyone in a playoff. I think Houston, prior to that, them, could have played with anyone. That UCF team that beat Baylor could have played with anyone. Uh, our best teams have always been in, in that, and, and that's true of most conferences. Most most conferences, the middle and the, and the, and the lower tier isn't going to necessarily compete with the top tier as well. Uh, that's true in every conference, and, and ours is probably no different. But we go six or seven deep with really, you know, really good teams. We've got a few now that need to be re- – you know, programs that need to be rebuilt, but only a few. And we've seen tremendous progress with Cincinnati and East Carolina. They contributed a lot to the league in the early days. They fell back, but now they've hired, uh, you know, people or the coaches that are rebuilding them. So uh, this, this league is never going to just stand still and, and accept mediocrity in any way, shape, or form. Mike, you, you had made the statement, obviously, when you look at the the other P6, as you call it, inside of the American Athletic Conference and the success that you've had. One of the arguments from the outside looking in that I've heard in, in you know, because I'm sitting here ringing the bell as well, and I have since the beginning seeing what this conference was capable of doing and just how you put everything together and what was really a storm in and of itself with realignment. So when we look at this, one of the arguments on the outside is, okay, they're playing. They're playing other teams. You know, they're playing teams in the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12. 
you know, the SEC and so on, but they're not playing the the top team, the upper echelon, the number one. You had just made the statement of, you know, we don't have to play these games like maybe we used to because we're not going to force ourselves to have to play this if we don't have to. And that was the argument I sent back is, you know, Alabama's not going to schedule UCF because there's a chance they could lose that game. They don't want to lose a non-conference game. So I looked at it from the other side of things is, why would Alabama have UCF when there's a chance they could lose? And why would UCF have Alabama if, if they know they don't need it? So just where you can say things are at from that perspective, because there is that argument out there of have the best teams of the American, play the best teams of everybody else. But I don't think it's it's on your side. I think it's on the side of, of those other schools saying we don't want to be in those games because we don't want to go out of our non-conference schedule with a loss. Well, first of all, we um... – we play a lot of the really top teams, and uh, what I was alluding to, Dan, was the bye games. You know, just going up and playing at Ohio State or at Michigan, uh, and not getting a return. Uh, I'm not fond of those games. Uh, we do a few of them from time to time, uh, but that's what I was talking about. We're willing okay. to play anyone. We've got home and aways with Oklahoma coming up uh, in the next uh, in the next decade. We've got home and aways with Miami, home and aways with Penn State, home and away. You know, we have a home and away with Stanford, UCF. They get Stanford next year. They get Wisconsin next year. We've played the top teams. We played Oklahoma and Louisville, uh, Houston a few years ago uh, when they were both number three in the country. Uh, we we've played no we play Notre Dame. Uh, Temple's played them. Navy's played them. Uh, we have uh, games against uh, you know UCLA. Obviously, they're not uh, uh, at the top of their game now, but they will be. We have a series with UCLA. We had series with Ole Miss when they had just beaten Alabama. Uh, we have uh, Missouri on the docket this year. We've got uh, you know game after game after game. We we're at probably about 140 to 150 games over the next 10 years against the uh, the P5, and a lot of those are their top teams. I mean, when Temple has a home and away with Penn State, well, we have a Florida series. We have Florida and uh, USF, and Florida under Dan Mullen is going to come back. Um, so we've got the games that, uh, you know, we, we, uh, want to play, want to play more of them. And you're right. Some of those really top tier teams, uh, don't seem to want to play us at least in a home and away, or even a two for one, you know, they, uh, we'd love to play, uh, you know, some of those teams. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, we, we're looking at teams like Colorado and Utah and others and LSU, uh, you know, uh, we've been talking, some of our teams have been talking to LSU about a series, uh, which, which could, could well happen. We've got Auburn on the schedule over the next few years. We had Texas this year, obviously with, with Tulsa. Uh, we, uh, you know, we, we've just got a bunch of those games, Dan. So we don't shy away from playing anyone. And, uh, that's how we've built this league. Really look at the high profile wins we've had, you know, and, and, uh, Temple almost beat Notre Dame a few years ago when they were ninth in the country. They did beat Penn State by 17 points. UCF has beaten Penn State over the last five years, almost beat them twice. You know, we've beaten Louisville a few times. We've had uh, success against a lot of top teams. And, uh, again, that's how you build your brand. That's how you build your league. We wish that uh, we could get even more of them. You know, uh, some of them uh, just, uh, just you know, won't play us. But that's, that's changing. I mean, they, I think they realize we're a good league. I think they realize they'll get credit, <clears throat> excuse me, from the college football playoff committee. I think, uh, you know, scheduling uh, – exigencies mean that uh, we we can get those games i mean the proof of the pudding is the 140 to 150 or so that we scheduled already um and uh we'll continue to do that 
That coming from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And Mike, you and I have talked about this a lot. I want to get into uh, two things that are really, really big, but but really quick on this one, just what you can say about, you know, is this conference to the point where the conversation should be over by now and there should not be a continuation of a, is it this and is it that? I mean, I think that you have well passed this. I think that your docket has shown this. I think that if you sat down with a binder and open up the binder, there's more than enough information to state your case. Do you feel that way at this point? I do. Uh, on the other hand, I also recognize that it's always a, a struggle to, uh, when you've been relegated as we have uh, to this, this so-called G5 status, it's always a struggle to get back. You know, you, you just have to keep making your case. Uh, but yes, I think we've done enough. And, and look at this year's another example. We, we had a great year last year. We had a team that was obviously uh, at the top uh, and could have played and beaten anyone and proved it by beating Auburn uh, the way they did in the Peach Bowl. We've had teams like that before, Houston a few years before, UCF again prior to that, Memphis, other teams that are as good as any in the country uh, and have played really well and, and had big wins. So we've done it. But, you know, we we still have to worry about the perception. It's, it's going to be there, Dan, until we actually become an official autonomy conference or, you know, uh, and, then, and then we automatically, I guess, become a P6, uh, so to speak. That's going to take, uh, you know, a little more time, but we're going to. You know, we're going to continue to, to do what we're doing. I do think, though, that, uh, as you said, we've done enough. I mean, this year is a perfect example. You know, we've had a great year. Uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati wasn't expected to get out and beat UCLA in the opening game at, at the uh, Rose Bowl, and they did. And then we had the two the two wins in our national doubleheader on ABC, uh, Houston demolishing Arizona and, uh, you know, uh, USF coming back to beat a Georgia Tech team that will be competitive in the, in the a- ACC. Uh, and then we had a surprise win, East Carolina demolishing North Carolina. And, uh, you know, again, this is early. Uh, we're, we're hopeful to uh, that we can get a few more of those wins. But we've had a good uh, good opening uh, month. Uh, I, I just think this conference, you know, will just continue to get better. We recruit better. We, uh, we have a great exposure. We have a brand now. Uh, and I don't see why we can't sustain and build on this success. Two final pieces here with the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Going off of what you said, you know, the build toward autonomy, is that a hope and a desire and a, and a reality down the road for this conference? I really think it is. I know there are skeptics, and, and I, I understand why there would be skeptics, but it's not like the world doesn't change, Dan, and, and things don't move. I mean, TCU was out in the wilderness for how long, and now, you know, they're in the Big 12, uh, and you know, if our programs were suddenly a P6, uh, all it would really be doing is, uh, you know, essentially establishing what they've already done, you know, in a more official way. Uh, I, I think that uh, we can get there. I really do believe that. I know, I, again, as I said, I, I know there are skeptics. But as I did say in my media day speech, you know, there would have been a lot of skeptics around George Washington and his colonial army when they were fighting the British, and they wouldn't have been given much chance. But uh, they, uh, we all know how, how that one turned out. And in our case, uh, we have surprised everyone over our five-year existence. We're in our sixth year now uh, as a reconstituted conference. Why can't we continue to do that? Um, so I, I do think that we've got a real shot. I, I think it's going to be hard. Uh, Dan, to keep us out. I really believe that because the system won't have credibility if our teams are really good and we, uh, you know, we just don't have the kind of uh, 
you know, shot that the others have, or we don't have the kind of recognition. Uh, and, and we'll press the issue ourselves. Uh, you know, we've got a few things to do before then, but um, I, I do think it'll happen eventually. That coming from Mike Resco. Final note, Mike, we just saw this week Kelly Bryant transferring out of Clemson, uh, utilizing the red shirt rule. If you play four games or less, the new rule that was instituted going into this season, four games or less, you save the year, and he's going to utilize that to become a free agent, essentially. Does the red shirt rule work? Do you like it? I know it's early, but do you like the rule? And then on the other side of it, could this create some professional free agency kind of look to college football that maybe wasn't anticipated? I think the transfer part of it is an unintended consequence of the rule, Dan. And that, and you know, anytime you do something, you're going to have unintended consequences. Some of which you can foresee, some of which you can't. In this particular case, uh, I think it's going to have to be reviewed uh, from that standpoint. On the other hand, we've supported it, and we still do. We think that it is a, a good idea because. Uh, too many players uh, had to burn a redshirt year because they they were forced into playing. I know they, they were injuries and other things, uh, you know, kind of caused them to be to be put into games, and their coaches didn't really want to do it, but sort of had to. You know, depth is an issue. College football's uh, you know a tough game, a lot of plays in every game. You know, hundreds of plays, and you can wear down the players. Uh, I like the rule. I think it gives uh, you know coaches a lot of flexibility. It gives kids a chance to get you know a taste of competition without burning an entire year. That would have been helpful in a couple of cases I can think of in our league, uh, and there probably were plenty more. So I, I think overall we like the rule, uh, but again, unintended consequences uh, regarding the whole transfer business. And you know, again, I don't know. Maybe some people wouldn't wouldn't see that as necessarily a negative. Uh, but it's clear that, um, you know, uh, people may not have really focused on that part of it. That coming from Mike Resco inside of the American Athletic Conference. Mike, as always, I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable, and I look forward to speaking with you soon, and, and I hope nothing but the best for you this weekend, and we look forward to catching back up here on the show. Well, thanks, Dan. Appreciate your support for the conference, and I uh, hope we've rewarded it by being very competitive nationally and, and trying to, uh, you know, again, uh, play at the highest level. Uh, but again, I appreciate it very much, and then we'll, uh, you know, I think we'll have a good season. Uh, we're excited, and uh, there'll be some good games ahead. Uh, and thanks again for having me, and uh, good luck to you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again down the road. All right, sounds good. Take care. Take care, Dan. Take bye now. That coming from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, the leader of the conference. And, you know, he said, hopefully we've paid you back by you being so good to us and speaking about us and promoting us. Hopefully we've paid that back to you. And you know what? They have. Because the quality of the people that they brought in, the talent that they recruit, the coaches that they get, and, you know, the personalities, too. I mean, the biggest thing to me is that the American Athletic Conference is led by a bunch of coaches who give me their time every single week and are kind, are forthcoming with information, treat me with the utmost respect, and those are the things that matter to me more than anything. Wins and losses are going to come and go. I'm going to remember the people. And so there's good people within this conference, throughout this conference, and not just that, they are winning. So the good people is what I look to, 
Then I look to, okay, well, what are these good people doing? These good people are successful. And I have this crazy belief that if you're a good person who does things the right way and don't cut, and doesn't cut corners and does everything to the best of their ability and tries with everything they got and believe in a higher power is going to meet you halfway, that things work out. Case in point, Memphis, Houston, UCF, USF, and so Temple, and so on and so forth. These teams are not cupcakes to play. I'm not putting on my schedule, Temple and saying, okay, I'm going to win that game. Definitely. I'm not putting Memphis on my schedule and saying, I can't, you know, that I'm going to stop them from scoring nine times out of 10. I'm not even putting Tulane on my schedule who I know their record doesn't show it under Willie Fritz in these last two seasons plus, but they're always in these games. Tulsa is another one of those. They're always in the game. They're in these games. They play these games tight and they may not close it out, but Tulane's not getting blown out by 30. You know, they, they have a bad game, obviously, this season that they play against a team that I think right now is in the college football playoff with Ohio State. So, yeah, they lost that game by 43. But I'm saying that is not a normalcy for Tulane, okay? There's a lot of teams around this country of the 130 that are out there that would get spanked by Ohio State by a lot of points. Okay, Penn State trounced Pittsburgh, and I don't think Pittsburgh's that bad inside of the ACC. Cincinnati started 4-0 so far this season. UConn is rebuilding and on its way back with Randy Etzel, who knows the talent, especially the talent of Central and Upstate New York. So there's some good that's there. They've struggled to score the ball way before he came back. Bob Diaco struggled to score the ball for years upon years upon years before Randy Etzel returned. SMU just got their first win under Sonny Dykes against Navy. So there are some good things that are inside of this conference, a lot of good things inside of this conference. And UCF, that speaks for itself. Mackenzie Milton is a Heisman Trophy, in my opinion. He's a Heisman Trophy finalist. In my opinion, UCF is one of the best teams out there in college football. If you want to prove me wrong, then I hope your team goes and plays them. Because whoever they've gotten, they've taken down. Including Auburn, which I think was a game that was set up by the college football playoff committee and said, okay, you know what? They want to be in the college football playoff. They're not going to be, but throw, throw Auburn at them and, and have them kind of understand where they are and where they sit in reality. And then they'll leave us alone. Then they spanked Auburn in regulation, no overtime. They just beat them. They went up and down the field and they beat them knowing that their coach wasn't going to be there. He came back with the staff, coached the team and then was leaving. So not only was UCF against, against the big bad SEC and the big bad Auburn and the big bad Auburn who defeated Alabama and Georgia, but they were also dealing with a coaching change and all the emotions and everything that goes along with that, having a coach in Josh Heupel coming in but not coaching the team and Scott Frost coming back. And they found a way to win with off-the-field issues and on-the-field, no, very rarely anybody giving them any credit for anything. And that happened back in 2013 against Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl where they said Blake Bortles had no business and UCF had no business and how could the committee put them in this game? They are not a good team. They will get embarrassed. They're, this was a wasted spot. And then they killed Baylor. The reality of it all is the American Athletic Conference is rich it is fruitful, and if you don't believe me, why are they sending guys to the NFL? And why every single year are coaches around the quote-unquote Power Five looking to poach from the American Athletic? Not poach from all over, but predominantly come to the American Athletic, and there's always that suspicion 
that they're looking for somebody. And even the Big 12, who was talking about threatening realignment again. The American was the conference that was brought up within it. So this conference speaks for itself. They work hard every single day. So to Mike's credit and to the credit of all the institutions, God bless and much appreciation and respect to you. There are 13 teams in the conference because Wichita State is there outside of football and Navy is there for football and you know as as an you know so they're they're in it for football but then you don't see them for other things and then Wichita State so it's it looks like 12 how you're looking at it depending the sport but there's 13 altogether and this conference is tremendous and like i said it being led by the people that it's led by that's what it's, and Mike Oresco more than anybody else that's what makes it what it what that's what makes it special to me in my opinion 